What's going on, guys? Michael here, Energy 360 Network by Intercom. Excited to be bringing you this interview with the CEO of Data Gumbo, Andrew Bruce. Data Gumbo is a smart blockchain company that is basically integrating up the value chain and allowing you to save so much money utilizing the blockchain when it comes to transactions and smart contracts. Honestly, blockchain is way above my head. So I had an awesome conversation with him and really we sat down and talked everything. What does What is blockchain? We sort of got over that hump. We talked about its applications and what they're doing for it in the smart contract space. And we learned a little bit more about what Gumbo is doing with, with what they call their Gumbo net and really how they go about saving you money. Andrew is an awesome guy. I loved getting to chat with him. Stu was also on this call. So you'll be able to hear. So with that, I'm just going to turn it over to Stu and kick this one off. All right. Good morning, everybody. We are here uh, talking to Data Gumbo. We have Andrew Bruce. He is the founder and chief executive officer. Uh, welcome, Andrew. We are very glad you're here. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. And we also have uh, Michael uh, Tanner. He is our host and analyst for uh, Oil and Gas 360. Good morning, Michael. Morning, Stu. Excited to talk with Andrew about some blockchain stuff. This is uh, this is some tech stuff. I love it. Oh, fantastic! And uh, Andrew, you have a wild background. I, I really enjoyed uh, getting to read stuff on your background. And anybody that has a patent. Uh, is really uh, for auto, uh, well automation, it's pretty cool. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a hair bit of a background for you, that'd be fantastic. Okay, uh, well, first of all, I'm from the Isle of Man and not many people are from there. So if you're familiar with the Isle of Man, uh, tax evasion and motorcycle racing, but that's where I'm from. Um, but I uh, wanted to study computer science. So I studied computer science at Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Massachusetts. Uh, got involved in the drilling business and um, went the National Well Varco, the company I was working for at the time, NOV, they wanted to come up with a way of moving the company you know, 15, 20 years into the future. So we looked at the autonomous drilling. And so we were working with Draper Labs up in Boston. Uh, I saw a, a simulation of people autonomously landing a spacecraft and when I saw that, I saw basically if you could autonomously land a spacecraft, you could use the same algorithms to autonomously drill a well. And so those, that's where a lot of that thinking came from. And that's actually the basis for data gumbo as well, because uh, to enable the algorithms that we needed to autonomously drill a well, you need data from lots of different systems, from lots of different companies mm -hmm. that don't like each other very much. Like, Kongberg and Halliburton and Slumberger and different divisions of our own company. And so uh, Data Gumbo was formed to solve that problem as, a, as an IoT platform for aggregating data from multiple different companies. So that's a little bit of back how, how we got to where we are. Hey, and uh, Andrew, we, you know, there's such a stigmatism with uh, blockchain. So many people don't even understand blockchain. Can you give us just a hair? Uh, like a 50,000 foot uh, description of blockchain. Yeah, it's probably easier to continue the story I was just telling you because that's exactly how we got into blockchain. So I can explain how we got into blockchain and that will explain blockchain at the same time. So um, I, I was talking to a large oil company about benchmarking performance of rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. 
And uh, they made the fairly amazing statement that if they could improve their drill pipe connection time by one minute, it would save them $250 million a year. And the reason they couldn't get, uh, they couldn't save that money is they couldn't get the drilling contractors to work with them. And to cut a long story short, I went to talk to the drilling contractors and said, hey, why aren't you guys helping do this? You know that I know that you can save a minute per drill pipe connection. Why aren't you doing it? And they said, well, we don't trust that the oil companies as a generalization will ever pay the bonus portion of an incentive contract. We would love to do it, but we just don't trust them. Um, so that kind of put me in a bit of a conundrum. Yeah. Um, and I, I had a friend working for Microsoft at the time who'd asked me to look at Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and blockchain and all this rubbish. And I came to exactly that conclusion. It's a bunch of rubbish that's got no applicability at all for industry. However, I started thinking about it. And if you have a, a smart contract for blockchain, it's just a computer program. And you can use data of the operations of the rig to satisfy the, um, the input requirements of the smart contract. Mm -hmm. And then you can take a copy of the legal contract, the smart contract, results of the calculation um, and the bonus slash malice um, and put all that into a block for all the counterparties involved in the transaction, which cannot be changed, which means that now you have basically created trust in an untrusted environment um, using IoT data to satisfy the terms of smart contract and putting it all into a blockchain that can't be changed. And what that means is that um, rather than relying on, let's say, the drilling contractors version of the world and then the oil company's view of the world and one company sends an invoice to the other company and then they said, well, that's not what happened on the rig. Now you just get into an argument about it and you get into a dispute and you've got delay and you've got legal cases and everything else, we completely change that by saying there's one version of the truth of what's coming off the rig. Uh, there's an agreement on the, the algorithm that's uh, been agreed to implement the commercial terms of the contract. You can automate it and you can collapse a 120 day process down to a daily process. So it's all about trust. Yeah. And I think, well, I think, and I think that's really interesting because I think when the average person hears blockchain, I think they think it's less secure, but it's sort of interesting when you walk through how it's actually used is, and, and really your sourcing is used for verification versus uh, maybe implementing and automating this. And I know that's part of it, but the security is what I find very interesting with the blockchain that, you know, it, it's more, it's more secure, which is interesting. It's actually much more secure because not only are you, uh, so we, we encrypt the data as soon as we touch it. So the data itself is encrypted. Um, everybody who are participants in the blockchain has got a copy of the blockchain. So um, the encrypted data goes into the, into the block. And then if you want to hack that, then you've got to hack every single participant um, in that chain. Uh, because if you don't, then you're just gonna hack one block in one chain which is not going to give you very much relevant information, but then everybody else in the chain is going to know about it because mm -hmm. the hash is going to break and they're going to say, Hey, there's something going on. This is now longer, no longer a valid, valid chain. So it's an extremely secure um, technology for implementing these transactions. Yeah. And that's interesting. Is, so what do you, what do you think the biggest, let's say mental leap that companies have to make before they kind of get to the blockchain? Is it the security issue or are there other issues you find where you're having to educate your, your potential customers on why this can actually save you money? Change. Change is the number one thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, 
because you're not making a slight change, right? You're saying, okay, here's a here's a process that we put in place 20 years ago to, to work with the computer technology of 20 years ago. And here's a way of collapsing it. And that's going to require some change. So um, it doesn't cost you anything because we don't charge to implement it. Um, so it's, uh, but it's, but it does require some change and that's I mean, kind of leading the conversation a little bit. I mean, everybody says, oh my God, the, the, the COVID and the, uh, the price of oil crash must have been a terrible thing for, for technology, but actually no, because it is a reason for change. People have got to cut, cut their OPEX and here's a technology that can demonstrably save companies tens of millions of dollars uh, from their OPEX. Um, and, and it doesn't cost anything. Like I said, it's pretty risk-free. I mean, you just run it in parallel. If you don't like it, turn it off. Um, but if it works and does what we say it does within 90 days, you can start realizing uh, financial results. So, um, I, I think that the biggest, the biggest challenge has been changed and also who's done it. And now that we have proof of value with, you know, we've seen the press releases from the, the operators consortium, um, Yes, I read that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think people have gone first now as well. So that reduces the risk. Yeah. And so, you know, and so that's, it's very interesting kind of that, that one, that one vertical way where you're able to take, you know, a supplier and an upstream operator and really make that um, using the blockchain to make that contract more efficient. You guys, you, you've rolled out this thing and your website talks about the gumbo net. And, and I wonder if you could give me a little more clarification of that because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that then now you have, You've signed up multiple, you know, suppliers and people who give out a service on your networks that if you choose to go through them, you can automatically get signed up for the gum. Is that kind of how you've created this ecosystem of companies who are using it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because I mean, one of the challenges with blockchain is uh, one company implements blockchain with one technology, and then they have to try and get everybody else working on the same technology. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to set it up. They've got to maintain it, and they've got to convince every, the whole world to, to go operate the same way they do. What we do is say, okay, here's a blockchain service, subscribe to it. We can set you up a ledger in five minutes and now just go and negotiate with other people who are already in the network or bring in one of your friends and we can, I mean, they can do the same thing. So it, it completely collapses the time and cost of actually implementing. It's just a subscription to a network rather than having to build it and convince the whole world to, to join. Yeah, and that I, I've I've seen multiple different. I wouldn't necessarily consider yours a SaaS platform, but some sort of technology platform where you not only have to convince the you know if you're selling directly to a service company, that service company has to turn around and convince their operator who in the field to implement it. So that's what I think is really cool. For, you know, part of your product is you can just implement it right away and be like you said, begin to negotiate with who's ever already in this network. It's I, it, you know, it cuts down that time tremendously. I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate you saying that. No problem. And so you mentioned that specific case study talking about um, um, the oil and gas blockchain consortium. And I want to walk through that a little bit because I think that gives a really clear picture of the specific ROI that's happening. So can you kind of give an idea of, you know, over what you did for them and, and how you were able to kind of automate some of the processes they were doing? Yeah. So, I mean, you can imagine the existing process, right? You, um, obviously producing wastewater when you drill for oil and gas, right? So you have to get rid of it. So, uh, trucking company comes along and signs a field ticket, which is a piece of paper signed in triplicate. Um, there is one particular company in town, and I don't think they're anything unusual. They they touch that field ticket six times before uh, it actually uh, gets paid. And what value does the six touches add? The answer is zero. Um, 
so anyway, truck companies signs a field ticket. They use it to create an invoice. They send, and then the truck trucker goes to uh, dispose of the water in the saltwater disposal well and gets another field ticket. And based on that, there are invoices generated. And then the um, the oil and gas company look, review the invoices and check them against what their view of the world is. And it's very similar to the first example I gave to you, right? I and mean, now you've got multiple different. Um, Copies of pieces of paper floating around the world, and then, and and they all don't they don't agree. So we change it very much to be much more like a an Apple Pay. I was going to say a swipe of a credit card, but now it's it's completely touchless because yeah. you can take your Apple Pay, you can put it against your, the gas pump in a gas station, so you don't have to touch anything. In the world of COVID, um, the trucker picks up the water, it's a meter on the on the tank. He disposes of the water in a saltwater disposal well. There's a meter on that. You do a two or three-way match between the three different meters, and if they all match within a, a measure of tolerance, which is 1.6%, um, then the invoice is automatically paid. There's no human touch. There's no human intervention. It's just an automatic payment, and, mm-hmm. and it can be paid today. So there is no paper. That, no, that's awesome. And I think the, the interesting part is I think there's a lot, there, there's a lot of different types, you know, kinds of companies, I think, handling the trying to make digital contracts. But I think where you guys take it the step further is the smart version of it, putting it on the blockchain, allowing for that. So, um, you know, I think, you know, if talking about the, the specific ROI, I mean, that's the one thing that jumped out to me when I, when I looked at you guys. So, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's, it's really incredible how it's, it's 2020 and people have three copies of the same ticket. It really is, it's unbelievable sometimes. Yeah, it's crazy because I mean, just think how efficient our consumer life is and why on earth is, is our commercial life not as efficient? I mean, it, it, it beggars belief to be honest. I mean, why, well, on, know, earth, why on earth do we do it so inefficiently? You know, Andrew, we were, you, your numbers just are very impressive. Six touches, um, that's crazy. That from an ROI standpoint, how do you calculate cash flow? Because if you're going through the members of your billing, six touches, I know in the oil field is uh, adding another 30 to 60 days beyond what it should already. Um, well, let's just, let's just say that the, hour, the, hour, the hourly cost um, is 200 bucks an hour of a person handling an invoice. Let's say that, right? And yep. you have a thousand invoices per month and I'm being conservative, right? And it's more like, and I'm talking with the 21 companies about 5 million. Um, and you take, you take the paradigm where you have to look at, physically look at every single invoice as part of your payment process and you reduce that by 95%. So you're only looking at the ones that are disputed. You just completely collapse your, your back office expenses. And there's additional bonus. There's another company in town. They leave, this is a staggering number. They leave a million dollars in pre-negotiated, undisputed discounts on the table every single month because they cannot get through the invoices quick enough. Meaning that they- That's a million with an M, right? With an M, yes. Oof. So they, 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 went to, they went to the trouble to negotiate a discount, right? And uh, the, after, after you, the, the transaction's gone through, they realize there is, no, there is no dispute in the ticket. It's just they can't get through them quick enough because you know, they have to get through it within a period of time and they can't get through it quick enough. And so they miss that a million dollars of discounts every single month because they can't get through them quick enough. 
Okay, Andrew, uh, I am really curious at this point. You talked about the money being saved at a million dollars a minute. You're talking millions of dollars worth of accounting problems. Uh, I got a real question for you and you don't charge to set it up. What's your business model? We, part, we charge a percentage of the value of the transaction. So it's like a credit card swipe fee. That makes a difference. And I'll tell you what, that really, um, as a CEO and as CFO, you can really go in and sell this uh, as a real true value add. And um, the old adage of us old guys not wanting to change when you got to fix CapEx and OpEx, this is ROI. <laughs> But I think, Andrew, as you mentioned, and I kind of want to tee you up on this one, I mean, I mean, talking about change, now's the perfect time sort of to be in this, especially with a proven business model like yours. I'm sure you're maybe a little slightly bullish on your outlook versus maybe where others might be. Uh, we're extremely bullish. Uh, we, we actually have got a huge problem on our hands. We've got 28 deals we're working on right now. Woo. So um, it's... Uh, it's just going absolutely bananas. So it's a it's a it's a good place to be. Yeah, uh, and you've got to manage that growth, right? So it's um, it's and it's also creating. I mean, just kind of putting it in a, in a different perspective, it's creating an interesting industry dynamic, right? Because there are companies who are going to. I mean, everybody's scrambling right now, right? They're trying to cut their costs, and how do you do it? There's going to be people who adopt new technology and take advantage of it, and there's people who don't. The ones who don't, I think, are going to be in a world of hurt. So um, there's a real transition that we're seeing. You know, there's a lot of people have been talking about digital strategies for a while. And some people, now there's some the technologies like ours around which enable it. The ones who adopt it are going to be miles ahead of the ones who don't. And it's, it's, creating, it's going to create a very interesting dynamic. It really will. One of the favorite quotes we had, I, I moderated a panel for Intercom a, a month ago. One of the, and one of the, the energy tech VCs in the panel says it was really interesting. He's like, how do you transition into digital technology? Well, it's like eating an elephant. You just start somewhere. And when you look back in five years, you've way, eaten a lot more than you thought. And I think, you know, if you're looking, if you're an executive, they're looking for a place to start. I mean, I, this is, this is one of the easiest places to start. You don't have to pay anything. I think it's, I think the, especially as you mentioned, the RO is crazy. So um, I think I've, I've, Got all my questions. Stu, is there anything else we, we, we need to get, we need to ask him before we let him out of here? We really appreciate the, 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 the couple of minutes you've spent with us today. No problem. Um, no, I, I just, Andrew, we really appreciate you. And uh, one last question for you is if you have any advice for there, you know, there's about 70 oil and gas companies that are out there, only 10 may survive. If you don't morph and you don't change your profit, uh, you ain't going to survive. If you got any advice for any of those, what would that be? I'm going to go back to the story about the drilling connection time, right? So that's $250 million in savings from one operational KPI. And it's free money. It's literally free money. They don't have to install any new equipment. You don't have to install any new sensors. You don't have to install anything new. You just have to be able to say, okay, we are going to automate the execution of the contract we've already agreed and automate the payment. And you can use that to completely, well, first of all, you can realize all your discounts. You can use it to cut all your back office expenses. You can use it to improve the, the operational efficiency and you can negotiate the completely new contract structures which are more profitable because now you've got a way of automating it. So 
take a look at the technology. It's not, it's not, um, the technology is not rocket science, but you do have to be prepared to think outside the box. You know, Andrew and Michael, thank you guys very much for your time. And I really enjoyed this discussion because in the old adage, um, people don't want to change to the technology, but as a CEO or CFO, I would want to change. So thank you guys very much. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, really appreciate yours. Thank you very much. It was fun.